teens say hello. Uh, they led our teen ministry for two years. Uh, I believe it was ten years ago and nine years ago. And uh, so a lot of us uh, are good friends of theirs. Also, uh, Jerome Isaac says hello. He was jamming on his ukulele up there in church worship. So, yes, he's still cranking, uh, doing awesome. But I, I bring you greetings. And it was fun to be with the church. It's always good to be with God's people. And I preached to them and Cheryl shared around the Lord's Supper. And then we just had a great time of fellowship with them. But we had an awesome family vacation. It's always good to get out of town, uh, relax, reconnect. And it was awesome because we had our daughter-in-law with us uh, on our family vacation, which was fun. So we had to really behave ourselves. We want to break her into the family gently. But, you know, Maui's a great place to go and visit. It's very scenic. It's a great place to relax. And, you know, in life, we need to pick where we're going. You know, you don't just wake up and end up in Hawaii. You had to intend to go there. And as I was thinking about the sermon today, and, you know, I think life is just one big sermon. I guess if you're a minister, you think in those terms. And I thought about what Jesus says in John 14, verse 6. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus says, I am the ultimate destination. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what society often believes is that there are multiple paths to get to God. And you even hear this taught is that all the world's religions are basically the same. They all have a moral component, but they all kind of lead to the same God. Jesus says, no, I disagree with that philosophy. He says... All the paths to God come through me. That you can take different routes, but eventually you've got to come through my gate. If you're going to get to God, it's going to come through my path. And, you know, something I learned this trip that I didn't know before. Um, Kent and Heather, they had a Jeep. Well, they still have a Jeep. And I said, hey, have you taken the off-roads and gone the back way to Hana from uh, Wailea? And he goes, no, because you'd have to take Oprah's road to get there. And I said, what is Oprah's road? They said, well, Oprah wanted to be able to take the back way. And so she had a road built that only she has access to. So everyone on the island just calls it Oprah's Road. So if you want to go the back way, which is the shortcut, you have to be able to get permission to go on her road. Everybody else has to go the long, windy way around. You know, Jesus kind of saying the same thing. is, hey, if you want to get to God, ultimately there's one road that you have to be on, and, and you got to get my permission to travel on it. You're not going to get it your own way. You can't just go whatever way you want. Ultimately, you have to decide to get on my road, go through my gate. 
And that's where you'll find the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we're going to spend the rest of our time over in 1 John chapter 1. So turn over there. And so John, who wrote the Gospel of John and recorded Jesus' life late in his uh, Christianity, wrote this epistle to disciples. And he says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, he says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So now this is decades later in his life. He is the one that wrote, hey, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So later in life, he's saying, let me reaffirm that truth. Let me remind you of it. And then he goes on in his writings. And he says, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And so here's John late in life writing to disciples, and he says, I want to remind you that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. And he gives us parameters, and we're going to talk about this, but, you know, he says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Now, I have a question for you this morning. Have you determined your destination? You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, where are you going? What are you aiming for? Where are you trying to end up? Now, when we went on vacation to Maui, we got on a plane that was flying to Maui. It would be silly to get on a plane bound to Russia if I was trying to get to Maui. You know, you got to look at where are you trying to go? Where, where is the end point? And I thought a lot about this because... We relied on Google Maps a lot because we were trying to discover new places. And it's pretty amazing. You know, you, you, you go to a place and maybe you know nothing about it, but you just put in an address and you trust that that little device is going to get you there. 
But you have to set the destination. You know, being in a car driving around does not mean that you're getting closer to your destination. Just because you're in a car doesn't mean you're going in the right direction. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Jesus says, I am the way. That means he determines the path. You know, in your life, you're on a path. You're headed in a certain direction. Jesus says, I need to be where you're headed. Now, Scott talked about this in his communion talk. You know, when I, I, I started thinking about this, it's kind of like Yelp. Everybody is familiar with Yelp. You know, Yelp is how you enjoy a destination. You can go, hey, I'm there. I'm at the place I wanted to be. Now, what cool things do I get to do while I'm there? But you have to end up in the right place to enjoy the things that Yelp has available at the destination. So going to Maui is not about the restaurants in Maui. That's just part of the destination. You see, in life, we can kind of misplace where we're headed by we swap our destination for something that we're just supposed to enjoy on the path to Jesus. You know, I want you to to think for a moment about what your life would be like if you came to church and you said, yes, I want to I want to head to Jesus. Okay, I get that. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I, okay, I want him to be my destination. Now, can you imagine Google Maps or the signs, and you're trying to get someplace, and you see a sign, and, and your wife says, hey, look, there's a sign to where we're headed. Oh, yeah, but we're going to turn right instead of follow the sign. You go, why would anyone do that? You know, or if the navigation says, turn right at the next light. And you go, no, I think I'm going to go left. You know, that would be like coming to church, going, yes, I want to get to Jesus. And Jesus says, here's the direction you go. And you go, nah, I got different plans. Because right now where I'm headed is I am going after the next promotion at work. And so my navigation is set on that. And so I can pass by all these amazing signs. Let's say Jesus is this way, and I can acknowledge him and go, yep, I see that, but I'm actually going for the next promotion. I'm going for the next degree. No, our life right now is all about the kids. And so I can ignore all the turns I'm supposed to take because I'm just focused on the kids, or I'm focused on money or fitness or health. You know, all those things are fine, but they're meant to be enjoyed like Yelp. You get on the destination, you go, hey, I'm at Jesus. Now, what cool things are there for me to explore at my destination? That's not where I'm supposed to end up. That's just part of the whole thing. What's your destination? What is it that you wake up in the morning passionate to accomplish? What signs will you drive by? To arrive at the place where you want to go. Jesus says, I am the way. We will not find it accidentally. It must be purposeful. Just like the GPS. You have to put in the destination. Now, secondly, Jesus says that I'm the truth. 
You know, it's good to have that guiding light. Uh, one of the most frustrating places to drive a car is where my wife's from in Nova Scotia. Because there's water on all sides. And so, like, when you live in Toronto, everybody knows in Toronto, hey, which way is the lake? It's on the south. So wherever you're at, if you're not sure, it's on the south. If you're hiking in a forest, you know, hey, the moss is on the north side of the tree. The sun rises in the east, it sets in the west. You've got those guiding lights. Jesus says, let me tell you what the guiding light is. God is light. In him there is no darkness. So wherever you're at, you can look back to that beacon, and you're going to know that, that this is the direction to go. In, in, in chapter 2, he says, If anyone obeys his word, we're in verse 5, God's love is truly made complete. So Jesus is the truth. Now, society would tell us that truth is whatever you define it to be. Truth of the Bible is whatever you read and you get out of it. And so truth is left up to us to determine and to decide. Jesus says, no, that's, there's not many truths. Jesus says, the truth that matters is mine. And how is it defined? By obedience to my word. He said, that's the way that we're going to go. Now, can you imagine on, on a road trip going, okay, I'm going to go in this direction. And then you say, okay, we're going to count to three. And then everybody in the car just tell us which way they feel like we should go. We're going to just not use the GPS. You just tell us which way you feel. You know, so somebody you're driving, let's turn right. I, I feel that right is the right way. But somebody else is like, no, let's go left. I feel strongly left is the right way. And somebody in the backseat's like, no way. We totally missed it. We need to do a U-turn. Can you imagine what the chances are of ending up at the right destination? Just for a car full of people going, which way do we feel like we should go? It doesn't work. And it doesn't work that way spiritually. And yet the world tries to sell us its bill of goods. It says, No, that's just the way life is. You just go the way you feel you ought to go, and you're going to end up in the right place. Jesus says, no, it's not going to happen that way. He says, I am the way, and I am the truth. Now, one of the cool things about the path to Jesus is he makes allowances for wrong turns. He says, in verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. You say, now what, what's the destination? It's Jesus. That's, that's the goal. That's where we're trying to go. Well, what happens sometimes? Well, you make a wrong turn. You say, what, what's Jesus want us to do? We'll get right back on, on, on the path. So you just turn around and get going. That's, that's what confession of sin is. It means to go with. It means to acknowledge. But sometimes, you know what we do? We make a wrong turn. And then we go, I'm terrible. Oh, we need to just stop. We're never going to make it to the destination because I made a wrong turn. Let's just pull over and be depressed. That is not what Jesus wants us to do. 
I still got a car with gas in it? He says, get going. Yeah, but I'm really bummed out because I made a wrong turn. You know what's amazing? The longer you persist in the wrong turn, the farther off the path you go. The quicker you go, oh, I made a wrong turn. You know, and those GPS devices are pretty awesome, but sometimes there's, it's not totally clear, and you think they mean turn right now, and then after you do, you know, it just recalculates, and then it puts a new path. You know, what, what the GPS wants you to do is just follow the new route to get back on course. And that's what repentance is all about. Because we're still headed in the right direction. We're still going to Jesus. It's not about, can we make it there perfect? The goal is to get to the right destination. And I think about that. Because what does Satan want us to do? Well, he wants to do everything he can to stop us from getting to Jesus. So if he can get us discouraged from a wrong turn so that we stop doing what we're doing, or if he can get us distracted, you know, while we're going in this direction, then we get distracted, and so we forget that path because we got a new one and we never get back on it. He's going to try that. See, Jesus says, I'm the truth. And the truth is always that guiding light that gets you back on target. And I love what Scott shared today about his life and the journey that he's been on. Because Satan would love for Scott to stay self-absorbed. Because you're not going to end up to Jesus being self-absorbed. So if he could just kept him focused on that, that would have been a good thing. But Scott grew and he matured and so he's able to put it in the right perspective. You know, some of us this morning are locked in on a destination that is not Jesus. And Satan's pretty fired up about where you're headed because you're not going to end up at the right destination. You say, well, I feel that it's right. My conscience says that it's right. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, you don't need to turn there, but he can write the reference down. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. You see, there's things that our conscience says, hey, I'm fine with that, only to realize later you were sincerely wrong. And then there's also past that we took. I remember as a young man, and the decisions I made with my purity and my morality, that at the very beginning, my conscience said, this is wrong, don't do it, and I did it anyway. And as I persisted in the sinful behavior, I felt less and less bad about it. And eventually I got to a point where I said, hey, this is normal, this is natural, this is fun, and it feels good. Hey, my conscience didn't have a problem with my behavior at all. You see, our conscience is not the end determining factor of if we're on the right path. We can sear it. We can callous that thing so we don't feel it at all. You know, the GPS unit of God can be telling you get back on the right path, but you shut it off a long time ago. So let's not resort to, I feel that I'm on the right path. You know, if I stay the Bible with somebody and they say, I just feel that I'm right, 
my standard answer to that is, I feel that you're wrong, so now what are we going to do with that? Well, that's kind of hopelessly opposed to each other, so we better have something to decide it. That's where Jesus says, whoever obeys God's word. You see, the truth of God's word doesn't change. The past stays the same. And so it always answers the question, how do I get back on track? Where do I go? Where do I aim? How sensitive to you is your heart to the the message of God? You know, we're not a reading generation anymore. We like videos. We like snippets. You know, reading just takes so long. Like, what's the quick version? You know, the downside to that is we can stop investing in God's Word. Our minds can be so distracted we wander. You know, if you got the music playing really loud in the car, uh, the, the GPS unit can tell you which way to turn, but you don't hear it because you're jamming to the tunes. You know, some of us, our minds are just exploding with so much activity. God's Word is saying, hey, turn right, turn right. Today's the day. Make a decision. Get on track. Put me first. Obey my Word. And we're like, yeah, on Monday I got a busy day. On Tuesday I got this going on. I got this. And that and this, and our minds are just frazzled. The problem isn't with the directions. We're not sensitive to them. We, we turned it off. But your daily devotion with God, your, your prayer time, your time in His Word, that's, that's what tells you, hey, here's where the path is. And Jesus says, you obey His Word. You know, He ends up, And he says in verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. You know, there is an element that if you want to get to Jesus, you've got to end up at his place. You know, you arrive at that address. And there's no arguing with it. You can't pull in a random parking lot. And go, I'm here. I've come far enough. No, you got to get all the way to him. And this morning, I don't know where you're at on your journey. Obedience sounds so restrictive, doesn't it? You know, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. It feels just so constraining. I mean, I like to have choices. I like to have freedom to live out my life. You know, we're not living on, on the knife edge of a cliff. The Bible tells us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But there is no other answer for the place that we need to go than to Jesus. It is the life. It says that's where we grab hold of the life that's truly life. That's where fulfillment is. And, and Scott described this so clearly, and each one of us has our stories of when we try and find fulfillment 
in any area other than Jesus, we win the award. And it lasts for a day. You're a hero for a day. But then it's like, now now what? You know, Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm the destination. Come to me. So the question we started with is, have you chosen your destination? Is Jesus where you're trying to get to? You know, if you've never studied the Bible before, I encourage you, get into God's Word. Talk to the people that brought you to church and say, hey, study the Bible with me. Because I, I want to see the way, the truth, and the life. Show me this path so I know what to obey. You know what's amazing is First John was written to save people. They already knew the way, the truth, and the life. And a lot of times, we can make it to the destination, and then we get distracted. You ever been to a really amazing spot, and you see a group of people, and nobody's enjoying the beauty of the amazing spot? Everybody's just on their phone? You know, sometimes you get families at a really awesome restaurant, and nobody talks to each other because they're, they're texting, Snapchatting. Facebooking. You know, you, you can be in a really incredible place and totally lose sight of the destination you're at because you're absorbed in something else. And maybe that's where some of us are this morning. Oh, we made it to Jesus. But the awe is gone. The joy is gone. And we're just distracted in this kind of business as usual. You know, Yelp is a really cool app. The first time I downloaded it on my phone, I knew what it was. But it's like, man, this is awesome. You know, it's like, okay, where's the best this? You know, and I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. What's the coolest way to experience Jesus? Married or married with children or single or as a college student or as a high school student. What's the coolest way to experience Jesus? In the mountains around Santa Clarita, or out on the Paseos, or, you know, an, an hour away at the beach. You know, where, where you're, you're just excited thinking about, how can I enjoy my destination each and every day? We haven't lost sight of what it is. We get our hearts and our minds back and focused. Jesus is the destination. Are you on the path to Jesus? Or you have, you, have you been led astray? Have you let go of what you had and gotten focused on something else? You know, the good news is that if you're not where you need to be, Jesus, that's all right. Just confess it, which means just agree with it. Yeah, I haven't been where I need to be. Okay. Let's get back on target. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You know, it takes 100% commitment to go in God's way. You can't follow two directions at once. And so I really pray for each one of us that wherever we're at today, if we're enjoying the destination of Jesus, hey, keep it up. Keep exploring. But if we've gotten distracted... Let's set our eyes right back there on the path. And if we've never made it to the destination, 
Hey, let the truth of God's word guide and direct. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's accept it for what it is, and let's follow it wholeheartedly and live the life that is truly life. Let's stand as we close in a final song.